Greetings, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am so excited for this design live guest. Alejandra Christofoli is a master coach, a money mindset baller, and an absolute pleasure to talk to. She's speaking specifically on the difference between feminine and masculine money mindset, as well as what she thinks is the difference between a six-figure earner and a seven-figure earner as an entrepreneur. Hello, sign me up. I hope you enjoy this episode, and don't forget to connect with Alejandra on social media. It'll absolutely be worth your time. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Hey, Kiss My Aesthetic. I've got Alejandra Christofoli here, master coach, entrepreneur, 50% of lofty coffee ownership. Um, and we're going to be talking more about the conversation we started on Instagram Live about uh, masculine, feminine energy when it comes to money, as well as the question I'm dying to ask Alejandra as she works with entrepreneurs in all different phases of their life, but really the difference between a six-figure earner and a seven-figure earner. Because I think that that in the entrepreneurship communities, especially the online solopreneur community, somehow six-figure became this like benchmark of like now you're making it as a solo entrepreneur if you're making six figure like that first yeah. six figure payday whatever um but i'm more interested in the next the next jump <laughs> because i feel like i want that to come on quicker um yeah, exactly. than just that yeah. first figure so we'll get into that as well but for anyone who doesn't know you and maybe missed your intro on instagram can you tell us just a little bit of backstory and and your history as a coach yes um, so I'm an award-winning master coach and speaker. I've been a coach for over 17 years. Um, my husband and I own Lofty Coffee in San Diego. Yeah, I I typically work with women entrepreneurs who are in that phase of they've reached a lot of success, but now they're looking to scale um, and still have a life, <laughs> right? Because that's important. We talked a little bit about that in the Instagram live, having balance and such, but yeah, I started off in the coaching industry back when it was like not even known. Um, so people tend to relate to me as like a pi the pioneer in the coaching field. Um, and it was at a time which you might find interesting. I think we've talked about this before when people were not niched um, or yes. branded the way that they are now. It was just a more in general, um, you know, you're a business coach or a life coach. So, um, you know, I've seen the evolution of how it's all worked um, throughout the years. And yeah, it's kind of interesting. But I've worked with over 1,500 clients. I typically specialize in one on one coaching. And yeah, that's me. <laughs> so exciting. Well, we were on a really good uh, trend talking about the masculine feminine energies yeah. around money and how the masculine energy is what provides and the feminine energy is what receives money, but that they have to be working together. Yep. Um, whenever I say, I have a study abroad thing, it's insane like in Italian. It's like when things work together, it's like insieme. So that's what always comes I to mind. That. It's so dorky. <laughs> um, but they have to work together in order to be balanced and in order for your business 
um, to thrive. And you talked about also your business being a separate entity from yourself. And yeah. that was super like refreshing to hear. But let's talk about the divine feminine and divine masculine energies yep. and how those play into money. So those are the ones that you obviously want to be in when you are looking to scale to that like next level. This is one of the things that I work on with these women who are getting to that seven, eight figure um, is being able to be in their divine energy because it's very natural for us to be in the other energies, which is the needy feminine and the bully masculine. So the divine feminine is all about like she knows her worth. Um, she's not like, yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> she doesn't seek validation, you know, and I often use the example of if you're posting something on social media and then you're like five minutes later checking to see how many people liked it or who's mm -hmm. commented or has it been shared or how many views does it have? That's not the divine feminine. Um, that's the needy feminine. So the divine is like, I put my message out there. They're either going to love it or they're going to hate it moving on, <laughs> you know, waiver. Like this is one of the biggest ones. Um, and we kind of talked about this in setting standards, but one of the biggest things I see entrepreneurs struggle with is indecision and like this wavering back and forth kind of thing. When you're in your divine feminine, you maybe, it, it's not that you don't question decisions because you're human, you're gonna question but you don't waver on the decisions that you've made knowing that it will serve some purpose even if you're failing forward. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, wavering is a huge one um, that the divine feminine does. And, and I mean, holding. Um, and she trusts, she's the divine masculine to totally provide what she needs. Um, so she's just gonna create uh, she's very creative to the feminine. So when you get intuitive hits, that's your feminine coming up with an idea, a vision, a dream. It's not her job to make it happen. That's when you go, okay, here, honey, <laughs> here's Mr. Divine Masculine. This is what I want. And then he goes to work and does his job. Um, I totally understand this, like that paradox as well, because there are times when it's both. And we're talking as well for anybody that missed the, the Instagram part of it, the masculine and, and feminine energies in, within yourself. It's not the other person. It's not another relationship. It's not even your relationship with your business. It's your masculine femininity and in, in your own person. And then also within your business, your masculine and feminine energy there. So um, I think I totally know what this like creative inspiration strike feeling is. And the way I've always described it is, because it's made sense to me is kind of like surfing like creativity and surfing oh, yeah. sense. is like you're paddling 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 you're working 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 you're working and then you're setting yourself up and then when you catch that wave and if it's a good wave it'll take you all the way into the beach if you're on a good creative flow like it'll take me all the way until two three in the morning like mm -hmm. where i'm just i'm hyped hyped right but then you know that eventually like you're gonna get into the beach and you're gonna have to go paddle out again. Like if you wanna get out, you've gotta do the hard work. And like, sometimes the waves are just shit. <laughs> That's kind of the yeah. reality of surfing, right? Yeah. But yeah. the more you can set yourself up for, okay, I know what this wave feels like. I know there's times I'm gonna feel totally drained and there's times I'm gonna feel totally inspired, but it's less of a light switch and more of that like ebb and flow, like what you were talking about. Yep, exactly. So, so, so true. Yes. Yeah. And and then it's it's the, the job of the masculine at that point. Like once you've created and you had the idea, like that's when the masculine goes in to make it happen because um, he's the provider. So the, do you want to talk about the divine masculine? Please go for okay. it. 
Um, so the divine masculine, he's awesome. <laughs> he's almost like he can make things happen out of nothing. It's almost like it, it, he's a treasure hunter. Like he loves to go and treasure hunt and can create something out of nothing. So um, you might like be entering into your month with an intention of like, okay, I have this goal in mind, or I want to create this, or I want to do that. That's your feminine. But then you're kind of like, I have no idea how it's going to happen because I have nothing in the pipeline. I have nothing coming up. No one's showing up. I'm not sure. That's where trusting that the masculine is going to do his thing because he can create something out of nothing. It's really cool. And we talked a little bit about this too, that he is the energy of money. And when I say he, I'm, I'm just using language to reference. I don't mean like he is a man. I mean masculine energy. So he wants to provide. I think we as the feminine, when we're not trusting the masculine, think that you know, he's not going to do his job. And that's when we start to fall into, well, I will do it then. Mm -hmm. and we start to take on the job of the masculine. And that divine energy needs to provide. So when you're not letting him provide, he becomes really pissy. And that's where that bully masculine comes out. Um, and you end up having you the feminine end up doing everything. And it's like, over this is when you become overwhelmed you're exhausted you might even be like i'm going to relate it to a, a man and a woman for a moment in a relationship and like you know when you're asking your spouse let's say a man to like do something and he's not doing it and you've already pre-thought about like he's not going to do it and then you're kind of like screw it i'll just go do it Mm -hmm. And then you go do it, but then you get really pissed that you had to go do it. I mean, a relationship, a similar and thing he would be with contractors, does, right? With contractors or employees would be another example of that. Yes. Where you're like, I'm expecting you to do this. And then if you don't do it, it's going to take me so long to explain it to you that screw this, I'm just going to do it. But by doing that, I'm not giving them tools to be able to do it next time. Exactly. Um, so two things. Yes, you're not giving them tools to do it next time. Two, you're not trusting your masculine to be able mm -hmm. to provide. So he's just going to chill. He's going to sit on the couch and eat chips until you're ready to let him do his job. <laughs> and, and two or three, excuse me, this goes into like scaling to that seven figure place. Um, you're not communicating in a leadership using your divine way to communicate, using your leadership skills to communicate with your divine energies. And it takes that type of communication from a divine masculine feminine place in order to get to that next level um, in your business. And it's, it's a leadership skill. Would you say that also comes with practice? Yes, but only if you're in the right energies. If you're practicing out of a needy place or a bully place, that practice is one, maybe gonna work for a little bit of time, but it won't last. Or two, you're just going to end up exhausted because you're not coming from your divine place. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. <laughs> How yeah. does someone who's watching this tap into exactly what you're describing? It's like divine feminine, divine masculine energies. How do you start to like notice it, observe it, act on it, all of that? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, okay. 
It's actually easier to notice or observe if you're in the other energy first. So to flip it in, are you being needy or are you being a bully? So a needy feminine would look like you're looking for validation of some sort. Um, you feel like it's not enough, whatever it is, like you need more of it. Those are really good indicators that you're coming from a needy place. On the masculine side, things like you're overworking, you're like pushing, you can feel yourself like pushing to get things done. They're not naturally flowing for you. Um, those are also good indications that you're in the bully masculine. And so once you have that awareness and are able to recognize that, the simplest one is to come back to not wavering on your standards. Like that's the one we're going to keep honing in on because that one is really powerful and just a lot more easy than some of the other things to share in this like 30 minutes. Yeah, right. Um, so not wavering is so critical. If you know what your standards are, so I would say first set your standards and set standards on, you can use categories like time um, in your business. What do you spend your time on? Who do you spend your time with? Um, do you time block out your day? Those are all things that you want to set standards on. Relationships. Who is the type of person you will be in relationship with? What are their values that are very important for you to have? Health. So you can like have these different categories that you set standards on. And then don't waver, meaning mm. you don't like doubt or kind of like wishy-washy or question or, well, maybe I know I have a block time to work on sales calls right now, but... I'm hungry. I think I'm just going to go eat lunch first. Or someone asked me to go for a walk. I think mm -hmm. I'll do that. Said That's a wavering thing. Um, indecision is also a wavering that you're like, I know I need to work on this part of my business, or maybe I need to make a decision to hire a brand designer or a coach, mm -hmm. but I don't know who. And so I'm just going to like prolong it with avoiding. Mm -hmm. so you can't do that. You have to right. just like, if you say you need to hire someone, hire them. Don't give a bunch of excuses. Do it. So those are like, yeah. I love all of these tips. And I think female entrepreneurs can particularly, or anyone who identifies as female as well, I'll throw in that category, is like um, we get into the habit, whether we're culturally conditioned to be this way or we're assuming that this is how we're supposed to behave, of uh diminishing ourselves and diminishing our the way that we assert ourselves in our business and we talked about this slightly with price but there are a few people like on instagram and and tiktok and stuff that i follow that kind of have these little tidbits of the way that we communicate and i wonder if you see this with your clients and how your the energy that you portray in the way that you communicate so one example of this is saying the word sorry sorry i didn't get that done sorry i'm late in responding to you sorry i don't have the files on time sorry this is take, sorry, I didn't call you back. And instead switching that and making that conscious choice to say, thanks for your patience. Thanks for your understanding. Thanks for having me send this to you. Or like you said before, not coming up with excuses for why things aren't done, just being honest. Um, I had this happen. I was at a conference and this woman came up to me and she was really, really enthusiastic about meeting me. And, and I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, let's, we're getting brunch tomorrow. And I was like, 
huh? I was like, I just met you. Like, I don't know you like that. And it was one of those things that she then was texting me and like wanting to hang out and all this stuff. And, and I was so overwhelmed with everybody else I was meeting at this conference. And she's like, okay, this is the time we're meeting tomorrow. And I said, listen, like, thank you so much for being enthusiastic. I was over ambitious. Cause first I was like, I should just make up an excuse. And I was with my friend. I was like, I should just tell her that we already had plans to go to another brunch place, whatever, whatever. She's like, no, Michelle, just be honest. Just say you overcommitted yourself. You were overwhelmed at the conference and you're not going to brunch tomorrow. You don't need to explain to her your whole life story. Just tell her what it is. And I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> but it kind of like took that, third, that yes. third person perspective of being like, no, you don't know this woman. You don't owe her like going to coffee to pick your brain. That's a classic like entrepreneurship thing. How do you tackle yeah. those kind of scenarios when maybe you said the power of saying no, like, what are your suggestions or do you see this with your clients where women either downplay themselves or try to find other like ways to skirt around the truth for fear of what like hurting someone's feelings yeah yeah well that's that whole wavering part mm -hmm. like skirting around like you're not standing true and and the divine totally stands true so sorry your question my question was a lot of things it was more uh, it was an anecdote but the question was specifically what are the little devices or the little things that you see maybe your clients do that you're like, listen, okay, let's take this and rewrite that script to be that. And this will help you kind of be more, show up more confident, even if you don't totally believe it at first. Yeah. Okay. So I would say one of the biggest things has to do with, I'm going to go to the worthy one because I think that's the one that not just anyone in the feminine um, side that's not in that divine place will fall under the unworthy. And I've worked with men and women throughout life, and it seems to be the biggest one is that unness. So when that script shift, if you will, um, and I call it healing rather than dealing, like there has to be a healing of that conversation versus a dealing with the conversation. And there's a big difference with that. Um, when there's healing, you own unworthiness as though it was neutral. So someone could be asking you something or doing something that might be triggering or poking that unworthiness unconsciously. And you would just very neutrally be able to say, you know what, that time doesn't work for me. And I'll let you know when it does. You know, and it, it's like this neutral place that healing happens through, uh, there's a lot to the healing work, but um, you're basically healing your relationship with yourself, right? The dealing with is more about what tools do I have in my back pocket? What have I learned? What kind of awareness, you know, skill set do I have that um, can help me deal with this situation in the moment? And those things are good, they're just not long lasting and it becomes a lot for you to manage, mm -hmm. um, which eventually then you will fall into that needy bully place. The divine doesn't manage things. It doesn't need to because it takes ownership either way. It doesn't attach to worthy or unworthy. It just it doesn't matter. Like that's where true ballerism comes from confidence comes from like that's it right there and it's it's also, it feels like or what it sounds like you're describing is trust it's kind of been the theme that we've been talking about this whole thing is like trusting those seasons of your life are going to be seasons like trusting that what you need is going to like reveal itself to you trusting that you're putting yourself in scenarios that are helping to propel you forward or protecting you like it's a, about trust and i think that that's um such an interesting conversation 
because I think it goes back to time and respecting time and values. And this is something I focused on a lot this year is how can I set up my schedule to know that when I'm working, I'm getting the best amount of work done, the most quality work done in the shortest amount of time. Cause I got a puppy and puppy needs a lot of attention. He needs attention in the morning, he needs very long walks during the day. He yeah. needs attention in the evenings and he needs training and he needs to go in and out, in and out. And beforehand I could sit down at my computer at 7 a.m. and work straight till 11 p.m. No problem. Wouldn't get up to pee, wouldn't get up to eat, nope, nothing. Like, poof, like I could zero in and that wasn't healthy yeah. either. So now it's about, I had to make my schedule so that I'm accommodating his walk, his going outside, his yeah. stuff, but it's making me better at my job because I know on Wednesdays from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. that's my time to work on logos. So now I don't have to worry about doing the logo on Monday or Friday or Tuesday or Thursday because I know I have I have a time set for it. So I can spend all my time until Wednesday like mentally preparing so that when I do open my computer, it just like bleh, like comes out of me. <laughs> so I've been yep, thinking of totally. it. Yeah, exactly. It's fascinating. Yeah, agreed completely. Yeah. So um, do you want to yeah. talk about um, some of those specific skill sets of scaling? <laughs> yes. that seven, eight Let's figure. talk about that. I'm sure you're going to have to come on as a repeat guest because I think we could probably talk an hour about what that oh, means. Scale. We for sure could. Yeah. At least. But let's let's touch on it. And then you also have a special offer for everybody in the Facebook group, which I want to um, give you some airtime for as well. So, uh, yeah, with five minutes on the clock, right. <laughs> ball of status. I know. <laughs> so okay, go for okay, it. Tell wait, us about the difference between. Things. Let's <laughs> let's talk about the difference between that six figure earner and the seven figure earner. Okay, so one, I, I mean, we've been kind of talking about, I'm going to share mm -hmm. like strategic things um, that's mm -hmm. more tool-based, you know, and, and some of the things we've talked about is like time blocking. Anyone mm -hmm. who is up to a really big game and is at that like scaling to seven, eight figures has to have a time block. It's a must, um, which just essentially means you're blocking out pieces of your time. Just like you said, on Wednesdays, logos is from one to five. That's a time block. So that's number one. Number two is communication development. And there's a lot we could get into around that. So I'm just going to leave it as like constantly work on your communication development. But this third one is kind of a mind blower and like flipped on its head. So maybe we will have to talk more about this one. But it is such like a crazy, powerful, just like, wait, what? So one of the biggest things I find um, for growth is that we as human beings struggle with being wrong. Yes. Okay. No one likes to be wrong ever. Right. But those who come from a divine place know that it does not matter whether you are wrong or right. And you hear people often talk about, you know, take on the spirit of a student or like never stop learning or I never want to get to mastering. Okay, so those are all really important tools. And yes, do that. But this is even more powerful. If you can approach conversations, leadership skills in business or even in your personal life, apply this in your relationship and you will have like the most intimate, juicy relationship ever. Rather than approaching a conversation from, let me get my point across, approach it from hearing what someone is saying and that typically what they're saying, how do I say, oh, sorry, like, let me take a step, that actually you are wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like from that place of, oh, 
someone is sharing something with me. Here's this communication that's happening, listening from, oh, I actually may be wrong. And what they are saying is right versus I am right and they are wrong. When you can hear from a place of I may be wrong, it actually opens you up to hear something just profound and you learn something huge from that place. So, And it takes the pressure off of it because then you're actually listening to listen and you're not listening just to wait to get the break to like get your, your two cents in. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's Love so it. funny how often we just go into a defense mechanism without even recognizing we're doing it. So if you can hear from a place of, well, I may be wrong and that's okay, because it doesn't dictate my value, my worth. You hear something that you would have never heard before because you might have been like, no, I'm not mad or no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm actually saying X, Y, Z. If you're answering a, someone with a no, I'm not that or that's an indication that you're not listening from. Maybe I am wrong and they have something valuable to share with me. Totally. I think this also goes to the mindset of the abundance scarcity thing. I've been listening to on the walks, The Secret, because I never read the book. I was listening yeah. to it on Audible. And it's a lot of universe stuff, which I'm like, Meh. I'm not sure if I'm so in on it. But the principles are the same, right? And the principles are, are that that have existed for all of human consciousness in that we are more likely to seek out opportunities of confirmation bias than we are to want to be proved wrong. So the example is like, if you're in debt, and every time you go to the mailbox, you're like, oh, there's going to be more bills in here. You want there to be bills in there because you want to be affirmed in the idea that you have bills to pay. You're not going to the mailbox looking for money. You're looking for debt because that's what you've been saying in your head is like, oh, yep, I knew it. More bills. Like you're getting yep. yourself in that in that mind space. And if you can flip that switch and say money comes to me easily, it shows up for me. It shows up in unexpected places. Money flows in and out of me. No problem. Then that's a totally different approach to how you walk up to your mailbox. I thought absolutely. that was a good example. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're also like healing that relationship with yourself, you're not looking for affirmation. So it's, that's like that unattachment place. It's such a, a powerful place to be. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, so good stuff. We're definitely going to have to have you on again so we can talk more about this. I think it's fascinating personally. Yeah. And I think the people in the Facebook group are loving it. There's about, there were about through the live, like 15 probably awesome. watch. So um, guys, we were extra quiet on the comments. I'm hoping you were just taking in all the good juicy info. Um, but yeah, tell us about the special offer that you have for everybody in the Facebook group. So I have a free um, workbook that really describes the masculine and feminine and truly it's the psychology of money. So if you have ever struggled with one, attracting money or an abundance of money or clients, or maybe you have attracted money, but it seems to, you, you just can't seem to hold on to it. Almost like that feast and famine cycle um, we talked about on the Instagram live. Uh, then this workbook, you're going to want to download because it's going to give you why that happens, what to do about it and how to ensure that it doesn't happen again. So, cool. yeah. Well, thank yes. you so much, Alejandra. Guys, I will make sure you get the link for that in the Facebook group. It'll be pinned right to the top so you can find it. And yeah, have a good Friday. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. 
or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.